What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, I'm going to tell you guys about some psychopathic scientists that want to open up a baby growing lab. I'm also going to give you some updates on the latest Twitter file dumps from Elon Musk. And I'm going to go over some of the latest died suddenly and or strokes or heart attacks that are popping up all over the world because you guys, it's adding up. I don't know how long the mainstream media and the world at large can continue to ignore this shit, but I'm about to break out a list that's fucking heartbreaking as it is long. So sit back and get ready for this. Since around August, I've been telling you guys about the Canadian doctors that are just straight up dropping dead in the mainstream media. Not talking about it because why would they? Now, as far as the Canadian doctors, they were all mandated for the boosters by their hospitals and Justin Trudeau is a tool. Let's not forget Trudeau prepaid for 400 million doses. And uh, what, there's 30 plus million Canadians? And as we have seen in the last few months, most of these doctors were young, healthy, triathletes, daily runners, not someone you would suspect of just uh, dropping dead or dying suddenly. But yeah, that whole Canadian doctor situation, I think we're up to around 90 that have dropped dead since the rollout of the Kabobo vaccination. I'm going to be telling you guys about all types of different people. We have athletes, we have politicians, we have singers, but mostly athletes. But let's move over to the sports world, because as most of us have seen, this uh, died suddenly, strokes and heart attacks situation seems to be disproportionately affecting athletes. A little side note, when I'm talking about the people that are dying suddenly from the vaccine, it in no way makes me happy. I'm not gloating because these people took some experimental vaccine and dropped dead. Most were mandated to, and all of us were lied to, and these people just believe the medical authorities. So don't take this uh, rundown of all these people dying suddenly that I'm telling you guys about. Don't take that as me gloating. It's fucking infuriating, and I cannot wait for Nuremberg 2.0. Now let's start, actually, before we even get to the athletes, let's start with the Edinburgh band The Exploited. If you're not familiar with The Exploited, they're like a punk rock band that's been around for a hell of days. Well, check this out. The front man for the exploited collapsed on stage with quote-unquote heart problems. His name is Wadi Bunkin. He's been taken to a hospital, and this was during a gig in Colombia. So let's move on now, like I was saying a bit earlier, to the athletes. And also another side note, these are all recent died suddenly situations. So we have an Indicott college hockey player who was 23 and he died of a stroke. We have the Penguins' Chris Letang, 35, and he had a stroke. We have the Panthers' Henry Anderson, who was 31, and he had a stroke and blood clots. We have the Jets' Max Mitchell, who's 23, and has blood clots. We also have Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach, who is in critical condition after a heart attack. And I'm not sure why the mainstream media is not really reporting on this, but he was airlifted to a hospital. Former NFL player, Sal Isaiah Jr., dead of a heart attack. If HCC head football coach Jared Powers, who died unexpectedly. Former Tour de France writer Walter Bentau, who was found dead. Now, just a side note about Coach Leach. He worked for the university in Mississippi. 
which requires all of their employees to have Kabobo vaccination and boosters. We have an 18-year-old cricket player who died suddenly of cardiac arrest at practice. I'm sure you guys have heard about the announcer during the World Cup by the name of Grant Wall. He was 48 when he collapsed at the match between Argentina and the Netherlands. Now, another one you guys might not have heard of is a photojournalist that was reporting from the World Cup named Khalid Al-Mislam, and he was from a Qatari news channel. He died suddenly on Saturday. So this was literally like one day after Grant Wall died. Now, these are just a few of the people that I could find who, quote unquote, have died suddenly or who had severe adverse reactions. And these are people that are kind of in the public eye. So if it's this many people that are in the public eye, imagine how many private citizens are dropping dead and we're not even hearing about it. But yeah, let's uh, let's keep giving our kids boosters, guys. Sounds hella smart. While we're on the subject of Kabobo, I'm going to tell you guys about some recently released FOIA contract documents that shows the CDC expected up to 1,000 VAERS reports per day for COVID vaccinations. Now, apparently there's a guy named Josh Gutzkow, that's G-U-E-T-Z-K-O-W. He's stating an anonymous source had sent him two key contracts obtained via FOIA between the CDC and two contractors hired to assist with the COVID-19 vaccine safety monitoring, including reports to the vaccine adverse event reporting system, VAERS. According to the contracts, the description of the work that would be required stated, the contractor shall implement a staffing and operations plan focusing only on vaccine adverse event reports after the Kabobo vaccine. The total number of reports received during periods of peak activity, which are not expected to reflect sustained activity, is expected to be about 1,000 reports per day up to 40% of the reports being serious in nature. Also found in this contract was an excerpt that says, from 2014 to 2018, VAERS received an annual average of 53,000 reports, of which 45,500 were U.S. reports. Of the U.S. reports, 5% were classified as serious. And that means basically kind of associated with disability, hospitalization, prolongation of existing hospitalization, life-threatening illness, congenital anomaly, birth defects, or death. At the bottom of this little paragraph of the contract, it says actually some fucking clown world hilarious shit. It says, quote, U.S. government considers surveillance for any licensed and new vaccine through VAERS to be a nationally critical function and... VAERS activity to constitute essential services for which any lapse in coverage of services would be unacceptable. I remember the fucking CDC, the FDA, Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard and his fact checkers, basically all the fact checkers, were saying you can't trust VAERS. Anybody could be reporting that. That's just fake news. Check this out, you guys. These contracts had to be revised many times because when they started this whole process in February of 2021, at that point, there was already a backlog of 150,000 reports. So they updated the contract, gave these fools some more money, and 
I guess the money was to hire more people to try to handle the influx of these horrible adverse reactions caused by the Kabobo jab. Moving forward to July 8th of 2021, the CDC contracted with Eagle Health Analytics to support the COVID VAERS reporting through January 7th, 2022. And they kept the possibility there to extend the contract through July 7th, 2022. Now, even that contract was revised on October 29th, 2021 to increase the total number of hours for the VAERS work by 4,333 to 19,933, which is a 28% increase. So they basically get this contract, they check it out, and they're like, well, motherfuckers, we can't handle this. We need more people, we need more hours, we need more money. So you would think, after the federal government sinking tens of millions of dollars into this VAERS system, you think the CDC might, uh, I don't know, use the information, think the information is accurate, or I don't know, hire another company to fucking make it simple, maybe write it in crayons for the CDC and FDA to be able to understand these vaccines are dangerous. They are maiming people. They are killing people. And we have no idea what the long-term effects of the vaccines are. It's already been shown and proven multiple times that the vaccines do not stay at the site of injection. The shit cycles through your body and overwhelmingly gets stored in the ovaries and or testes. That is definitely leading to a drop in fertility. I've read multiple stories from fertility clinics talking about how the sperm of vaccinated men are just, there's less of it that's fucking deformed. The motility is not normal. I've also read about fertility clinics talking about how women in childbearing ages just they cannot get pregnant no matter what and if they do they spontaneously abort the fetus now i i don't think it's a big old kawinky dink that all of these crazy anomalies are being witnessed in fertility clinics right as the kabobo shit rolls out and has been going strong but like i said we don't know what is going to happen to these people in the future? We are seeing crazy aggressive cancers being diagnosed in people and these people dying in like four weeks. And of course, mainstream media wants to blame it on the fact that, well, people weren't going to the hospital to get cancer checkups. I'm calling complete bullshit on that one because these cancers that are turning up, extremely rare, extremely aggressive. Like people are diagnosed already in stage four and then they have weeks to live. And these are young ass people, you guys. This shit is not normal. I don't, I do know, actually. I do know why the mainstream media isn't talking about it because their masters told them not to, which is just, it's absolutely infuriating that all of these uh, evil motherfuckers are conspiring to kill, maim, lie to people all over the world. Before we move on from Kabobo, I just want to remind everyone that a Marine Corps major released a document to Project Veritas confirming COVID was created by Echo Health. Former Echo Health VP Andrew Huff has confirmed Peter Daszak, Echo Health president, was working with the CIA. DARPA also funded Moderna and Pfizer mRNA vax creation back in 2013. Gates, the World Economic Forum, DARPA, Fauci, Daszak created COVID, you guys, there's no way around this. So again, when is Nuremberg 2.0 starting, motherfuckers? Because I want a front row seat. These people have just fucked up so many people's lives. I'm 100% sure they'll be held accountable in this life or the next. You don't get to have this much black shit on your soul over greed. 
and not pay for it in some way or another. And I read a couple days ago, a Rod Stewart's son who was 11 years old was rushed to the hospital after he had a heart attack. He turned blue, you guys. This is the same Rod Stewart that was banning unvaccinated people from going to his concerts. So, hey, Rod, uh, I wonder if you're feeling the same way about these jabs, because let me tell you something. It is not normal in any world, even the clown world, to have 11-year-olds having heart attacks on the soccer field. It's not fucking normal, homeboy. Now I'm going to tell you all about catastrophic contagion. Check this nightmare shit out. The John Hopkins Center for Health Security, in partnership with the World Health Organization and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, conducted catastrophic contagion, pandemic tabletop exercise, at the Grand Challenges annual meeting in Brussels, Belgium. And this was back on October 23, 2022. Now, this group of participants consisted of 10 current and former health ministers and senior public health officials from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angolia, Liberia, Singapore, India, Germany, as well as Bill Gates, the co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, it gets worse. Just <laughs> it gets all bad because this one was centering on this contagion, killing children. Now, just a little reminder for everyone, our last quote-unquote pandemic response was also done purely based on simulations like the ones at Catastrophic Contagion. And it's all based on hypothetical models that never play out in real life. And I guess this part is just a total big dink. but it turns out that the ones who did these simulations also had direct or indirect roles in the Wuhan lab leak and gain-of-function research. According to the website, centerforhealthsecurity.org, let me just tell you what these fucking megalomaniacs have to say directly from their mouths. First, they start off with lessons from the exercise. Leaders must prepare now to make difficult, critically important decisions with limited information in the early days of the next pandemic in order to increase the chances that a dangerous outbreak can be contained at the source. These psychopaths go on to say, in the catastrophic contagion simulation, even a group of some of the wisest and most experienced international public health leaders who lived through the COVID-19 wrestled with opposing views on whether countries should impose traveler restrictions or close schools to try to contain a serious new epidemic that was disproportionately affecting children. The exercise raised a pivotal question. If future pandemics have a much higher lethality than COVID-19, or for example, if they affect predominantly children, should countries take different, stronger, earlier measures to contain it? And what are those measures? So now they're going to straight up go for the children, because we all know during Kabobo, it was not dangerous to healthy children. It never has been. So now it would seem they're going to go for the jugular and go straight up after people's children. And their thinking is probably is people will take it seriously. If it's children dropping dead, we can control them more because what's more fearful to a parent than their child dropping dead? So uh, I don't know. Bill Gates is evil, has his disgusting fingers all over this one. And I did talk about this way back in the day, but I just wanted to remind you all, this is the shit that these psychopath megalomaniacs do for fun and monetary profit. And I guarantee you, they're just trying to implement the lockstep and great reset. Moving on to a great story that, of course, the mainstream media is completely ignoring, but I'm not going to ignore it and neither should you. December 7th, Senator Ron Johnson, medical experts and doctors specializing in COVID held a roundtable discussion. 
At the end of this roundtable discussion, they concluded that in order to prevent future harm, all COVID-19 vaccines need to be immediately withdrawn from the market. Now, there were a hell of different speakers there, you guys. Names you will recognize like uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, and other ones that aren't so out there in the forefront, like David Gotler, who's a PhD and former faculty member at Yale School of Pharmacology. Now, David used to be a part of the Center for Ethics and Public Policy within the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. But he was fired for being one of the few persons within the FDA who called out the leadership and asked them to follow their own procedures for evaluating vaccine safety. And it wasn't just the quote-unquote crazy anti-vaxxers that were invited to this roundtable meeting. There was a list including Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, Albert Barola, Stefan Banzel of Moderna, Dr. Robert Califf, who's in the FDA, Peter Marks, who is a medical doctor, PhD in the FDA, and Robin Bailey, who is a part of the CDC. Every single one of them declined to appear or send a representative. Ron Johnson basically indicated that this is consistent with his experience in the past with these psychopaths. Dr. David Wiseman reported on the gap between Pfizer's vaccine insert, which says there's no data establishing safety for pregnant women and the CDC's guarantee that the vaccines are safe for pregnant women in their public promotions. As I stated earlier, Dr. Robert Malone was there, and he cited a Stanford study demonstrating that the average vaccinated individual gets larger doses of spike protein from the vaccine than the average COVID-19 patient gets from the actual virus. Malone also stated there are studies on the toxicity of coronavirus spike proteins going back to 1992. So these psychopaths at these pharmaceutical companies, they fucking knew this. This isn't like top secret information. Anybody in their field should and probably do know this. But there were thousands of scientists who worked on the COVID-19 vaccines and they played their parts. They just apparently didn't bother doing their own research and couldn't figure out that spike proteins that they were delivering to people were designed to do damage. The people at this roundtable talked about a website called How Bad Is My Batch, which is a website that compares safety results from different vaccine batches. And there's a wide variation by lot number in the number of vaccine injuries reported. A lot of the speakers at this roundtable cited many of the people that were permanently injured by the vaccinations. Dr. Renata Moon, who is a pediatrician, had seen only three cases of myocarditis in her 20-year career. She now sees myocarditis routinely. Discussion of the toxicity of the spike protein went on and on. Malone reported being censored when he mentioned this fact in September 2021. McCullough cited a 1992 paper by Ralph Barrick, who is the virologist and bioweapons expert from the University of North Carolina that gave the Chinese this technology. And he states that people have known about the heart damage caused from coronavirus spike protein since 1992. Now, the conclusion of this roundtable was presented quite eloquently by Dr. Peter McCullough. He said, quote, in order to prevent future harm, all of these vaccines need to be withdrawn from the market. That needs to happen immediately. All the vaccine mandates should be dropped. We need requests for applications and immediate funding for vaccine injury. Centers of excellence across the United States for screening, detection, and diagnosing of vaccine injuries. We need a massive shift in our healthcare system towards managing this large number of vaccine injured people. 
what is at stake here is increased risk of death. So yeah, I don't know, guys, you think uh, maybe the fucking mainstream media would talk about all of these highly accomplished people talking to our senators in a round table, but fucking crickets. I know, shocking, right? Now moving on to the dystopian nightmare of the quote, artificial womb facility concept for 30,000 babies per year. Hashim Al-Ghalali has released Ecto Life, and that's E-C-T-O Life, which is an artificial womb facility concept that can incubate and nurture 30,000 lab grown babies per year. Now, in his description, he says the facility could help infertile couples conceive and help address population decline, according to Hashim. Now, this is the full description from its creator. It goes, introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility, powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife is a perfect solution for women who've had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature babies and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. Oh, that's weird, because all I've been fucking hearing about is the overpopulation problem. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Like, what kind of matrix fucking nightmare are they trying to pull now? The description of this nightmare goes on to say, every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. The pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. They go on to talk about the different sensors that'll monitor your baby's vital signs. There's an artificial intelligence-based system that also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. And guess what, guys? There's even an app for that shit. They say the app also provides you with a high-resolution live view of your baby's development. A special section in the app allows you to watch a time-lapse and share it directly with your loved ones. They say through this app, you can even choose a playlist that your baby listens to. You can also directly sing to your baby and make them familiar with your voice. So like I fucking say all the time, you got to look at the precedent it sets and where this shit is going to go with the megalomaniacs in control of the world right now. And I see a fucking straight up slave race being born. It just has all fucking bad written all over it. And these Crazy nut jobs are acting like this is a great idea. Let's have AI get some fucking wombs together and grow a baby in a lab. Yeah, no, no, all bad guys, no. There's this crazy concept called adoption, which uh, exists to help couples that are not able to have their own offspring. You know how many kids need fucking homes right now? It's millions all across the world. American kids, Indian kids, Asian kids, European kids, kids all over the fucking world need homes. But let's lab grow babies, 30,000 a year, and have AI basically being in charge of growing these lab fetuses? No thanks. All bad. All bad. I can think of about a billion things that could go wrong with this. And while reading this whole fucking ridiculous story, all I could envision was the matrix and all those millions and millions of people in the pods where AI is literally sucking their energy out. It's going to lead to all bad. I, I can't believe anybody thinks this is a good idea. And what happened to the psychopath screaming about overpopulation? 
Is is that no longer a thing? Because I keep hearing about overpopulation and climate change, more lockdowns, wear masks. Get the fuck out of here, you crazy megalomaniacs. This is what I keep saying about scientists. They need masters. They need a straitjacket and they need somebody monitoring what they're doing because they may be extremely intelligent and be able to create all types of technology. But unfortunately, a lot of them lack the wisdom to do the right thing in the creation of their technology. Absolutely fucking mind blowing. So now we have kind of like an American centric story, which I'm sure a lot of Americans have heard about, but I'm not so sure about everybody outside of America. But check this out, you guys. Attacks on the Pacific Northwest power stations raise fears for the U.S. electric grid. A new series of attacks came after an assault on the North Carolina facilities, which cut electricity to 40,000 people. A lot of uh, sources are stating that the attacks in the Pacific Northwest are very similar to the assault on the North Carolina power stations. Hmm. According to Oregon Public Broadcasting and KUOW Public Radio, there have been at least six attacks. Some of them involved firearms and caused residents to lose power. Two of the attacks shared similarities with the incident in Moore County, North Carolina, where two stations were hit by gunfire. Authorities have not yet revealed a motive for any of the attacks. Apparently, supposedly, the FBI is investigating. But who knows? The FBI couldn't find a junkie on the streets of San Francisco. Now, according to Bonneville Power Administration, BPA, they said in a statement on Thursday that it's seeking tips about trespassing, vandalism, and malicious damage of equipment at a substation in Clackamas County on November 24th that caused damage and required cleanup costings hundreds of thousands of dollars. Portland General Electric, which is a public utility that provides electricity to nearly half of the state's population, said it begun repairs after suffering a, quote, deliberate physical attack on one of its substations. That also occurred in Clackamas area late in November 2022. They also state they are cooperating with the FBI. Puget Sound Energy, which is an energy utility in Washington, reported two cases of vandalism at two substations in late November. Now, of course, uh, these fucking U.S. Department of Homeland Security are going to bring it back to the white supremacists. They said the DHS has cited a document shared on a Telegram channel used by extremists that include a white supremacist guide to attacking an electrical grid with firearms. Now, according to Keith Taylor, who's a professor at the University of California, Davis, says these fringe groups have been talking about this for a long time. He goes on to say he's not at all surprised this happened. I'm surprised it's taken this long. Now, there have been, like, different attacks on the U.S. electrical grid for decades. This is nothing new, but now DHS wants to label it, it's the white supremes, it's the conspiracy theorists, it's the extremists. They're, like, literally just trying to pull anything out of their ass to demonize conspiracy theorists. They're trying to lump us together with ignorant motherfuckers, and it, it's working. It's 100% working, because with most people... As soon as they pull out, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, the conversation in their mind is over. That immediately means you're insane and have nothing going on in the brain. When in reality, yeah, the conspiracy theorists have done way more research and looked into different events and incidents than the NPCs of the world that just sit there and drool over the nightly news and think, hey, this is just fucking truth. There's no other which way about it. The news would never lie. Not in the United States. So now we got to move on to all these Twitter dumps that the mainstream media is absolutely ignoring. Now, 
I'll say this like 100%. I'm not an Elon fan. I don't trust this motherfucker and I hate the term controlled opposition. But every time I see a post from him, that's literally what happens in my mind's eye. Controlled opposition. But he is dropping all these documents from internal memos, internal emails from different people that worked at Twitter. It's come out that political candidates, either in the U.S. or elsewhere, were subject to shadow banning while they were running for office or seeking re-election. Most of us already fucking knew that. Well, most of us that have been shadow banned or censored in one way or another. But I think like the general population has no fucking clue how bad the censorship is on big tech. On a funny side note, <laughs> Elon has driven Elton John off Twitter. Elton John put this little tweet out. All my life, I've tried to use music to bring people together, yet it saddens me now to see how misinformation is now being used to divide our world. I've decided to no longer use Twitter, given their recent change in policy, which will allow misinformation to flourish unchecked. Get the fuck out of here, Elton. You'll sing some Rocket Man shit. And I think last week I already told you guys about how they literally censored the Hunter Biden story, which we all knew at the time, too. And speaking of the whole fucking Hunter Biden thing, the White House did break its silence on that whole scandal. And they're saying it's just a distraction. And it's old news. I mean, it's old news. You motherfuckers denied this until the receipts came in. It is not old news for many of the people that bought your bullshit. So if you guys go over to Twitter and check out a guy named Matt Tabibi, that's T-A-I-B-B-I, he is one of the guys that Elon is releasing all of these internal Twitter docs to. And in the last couple of days, they've been uh, kind of documenting how they went ahead and removed Donald Trump. And that happened after the January 6th incident in Washington. I'm not going to call it an insurrection because get the fuck out of here. After they banned Trump, Twitter execs started processing new power. They prepared to ban future presidents and White Houses. The, quote, new administration, says one exec, will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary. I mean, but if you want to go, like, deeper into the whole Trump thing, go check out Matt Tabibi's account page, whatever you call it, on Twitter. But fuck that. There's so much more important shit than banning Donald Trump, because uh, we all knew that was some bullshit to ban a sitting president off a huge social media platform. I kind of want to bring the attention down to Yol Roth. So let me just uh, explain to you who Yol Roth is. I don't know. It might be Yoel. I don't give a fuck. He's a piece of shit. So check this out, you guys. Yoel Roth was the former head of security and safety for Twitter. If you like look through his old posts and tweets, there's some disgusting like pedo shit going on. I mean, this fool talks about hating children and weird sexual shit with children. But when Elon finally took over Twitter, they were somehow able to weed out tens of thousands of accounts that had child exploitation material on them. How is it that Yoel Roth was never able to remove all these disgusting pedophiles from Twitter, but Elon Musk gets in there and suddenly all this shit is banned within days? Doesn't make much sense. I don't know, maybe they were too fucking busy trying to collude and basically censor anybody who's considered conservative. And that's not even exactly what it was, because I'm not conservative. And I got censored all across all social media platforms. So, I mean, they're like, I think that might be like a left tactic. Be like, oh, it's just, it's the right wing crazy people that got censored because they're dangerous. They got dangerous speech. 
But yeah, like I was saying, go to Twitter, check out those posts. If you want to dive in deep to all of the files Elon Musk is releasing to the public right now, it's pretty interesting shit. We have now come to the part of the podcast where I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states. We have California, Pennsylvania, and Texas in the lead. That's what's up, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you have anything I should investigate or you just want to fucking get a hold of me and maybe get some of the shit I talk about, send me an email at vanishinthevalley at gmail.com. Or you can go over to Reddit on my sub, which is r slash vanishedinthevalley. I mean, you can possibly try the Instagram Vanished Athena, but I don't know. That shit's hella shadow banned. Now, moving on to our world downloaders. We have UK, Australia, Canada, and Taiwan. Hey, you guys, that's what's up. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, like I just told the US peeps, if you have any information I should dig into, hit me up. I'd be happy to look into it. So you guys, now just a little reminder. As I always tell you, be aware. And don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.